Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind Healthy Life the podcast that delves into the empowering stories and the discussions about mental wellness and the holistic health so today we are honored to introduce a remarkable individual i'm talking about mr joe so welcome to the show mr joe thank you it's good to be here great great so uh joe like before we start delving deep into our conversation today i would love to mention this to all of our listeners that uh, mr joe whose journey navigates uh, the complex intersection of addiction mental health and the path to the lasting wellness yes so joe is a revered peer coach for face it together a distinguished non-profit dedicated to addicted wellness or the mm-hmm. addiction wellness i would say so his expertise spans both the personal and the coaching realm focusing on the addiction and various mental health conditions encompassing the uh, bipolar disorder severe depression anxiety and the adult adhd yes yeah. so yeah definitely. go ahead so yeah yeah so uh, like for over 20 years he grappled with multiple addictions including uh, opioids and the alcohol all while silently battling undiagnosed mental health conditions his journey took a transformative turn when in november 2008 i believe so he voluntarily sought in- inpatient treatment marking the beginning of his dedicated recovery yes so it's a it's a huge story definitely and i would i would always uh, love you to hear from him directly so uh, joe's journey unfolds at the unique intersection where highly creative talent mental health condition and the addiction intersect offering profound insights and the lessons learned from both his personal struggles and his extensive experience as a coach so join us as we explore his journey his lessons learned and his invaluable insights into the addiction mental health and the transformative path towards the lasting wellness so welcome to the show again mr joe thank you thank you uh you know being a a peer coach is it's a very interesting place to stand because you are figuring out your own situation and and what you've been living with for a long long time 
and you're and you're applying that to other people who are trying to do the same and you're doing that in a world of lots of variables lots of different things going on people at different stages of their lives uh young middle-aged older um it just it's the entire gamut of 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 coming together but it's been a very interesting journey because mm-hmm. as you said um i went through so much of my life being highly successful in my career, highly su- su- successful in my family, uh, operating at the highest level of my industry, which at the time was was hmm. broadcasting, um, yet I was carrying around all of these heavy-duty things and not really being aware of what was going on with me. Uh, people say, well, you must have been in denial about this or the other thing, and I'm going, no, just the opposite. Um, I, you know, when we have, we have our own experience to draw upon, that's about all we have to draw upon is figuring out the world is how we experience the world. And as far as I was concerned, everybody must be a nervous wreck every day. Everybody must have, you know, battle these ups and downs and all the things that, that go on and, and live in a you know world of anxiety all the time, because why would I be different than anybody else? Well, as you go along through life, you find that, well, you are different from everybody else. And frankly, everybody's different from everybody else. And and all those things are, are going on. So as I went through my own journey of many years, um, I there there's an interesting thing in, in the addiction coaching world, and that is, is the quality of giving back. Um, I can say when I was trying to find clarity in my own life, uh, and when I was at my absolutely most confused and most desperate, because uh, I had tried everything in the world to think my own way out of things, which was part of the problem, as it turned out. But uh, people appeared when I needed them the most. And I'm not always sure where they came from and I'm not sure where they went, but I'm awful glad they were there. And and there's really a tradition, I think, in the, the recovery world of saying that if I ever get the chance to pass that along and to help other people and help them understand themselves better and to help them on the way out of the deep, dark hole, then I, I want to do that. And all of a sudden, I find myself doing this, and, and I've been doing it now for a little short of uh, seven years. That's really lovely, I would say. And um, so, like, uh, how have you observed the mental health conditions, such as uh, the bipolar disorder and severe depression influencing uh, addiction and the vice versa? So, uh, I mean, within your journey and in the individuals you have assisted as a peer coach. Mm-hmm. It, uh, well, for, first thing, I should make one thing clear. Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a certified uh, counselor. Um, I am trained and I'm certified uh, uh, for what I do, but a lot of it has to do with my own experience and um, mental health and addiction are so intertwined. Um, Addiction can so often, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that people get into addictive situations to be sure. And one of the important things that I always have to remember is where I can help and where I can help by moving someone along to more specialized professional care. Because there are people who, uh, because of trauma, 
and severe mental illness, schizophrenia and borderline personality disorder, things of that nature that are really beyond what I can do to help other than I know people who are good at helping. And so, and, and that can be a service as well, because part of my thing was, is I had no, A, I had no idea what was going on and B, when I did, I had nowhere where to, no idea where to turn uh, for things going on. But that all being said, uh, they, uh, the, the worlds of addiction and, and mental health intertwine so tightly. I mean, there's, I would say easily 90% or more of the people that I see report having anxiety, depression, and, and, and other things. And I I've been doing this long enough to that. A lot of the people that come to see me, they come here because they're having a problem with a substance and it is causing problems in their lives. Uh, but I find that many of the people who come to see me as a coach um, are using whatever they use uh, as a substance as a treatment of sorts for something else. And I always call that the why. Why do you do what you do? Why do you decide to make the choices that you make? And so often it is, and it was my case certainly, was self-medication for something that I really didn't understand. I just knew that something was not right. And so I was experimenting around trying to find something that would make me feel better. And never, never really putting two and two together that, well, I might be dealing with a mental illness because I grew up in a world in a small farming community in the Midwest in the 1970s, where you could be fairly worldly about some things. You could be well-educated. You could be fairly well-traveled. You could also be extremely, extremely naive about all kinds of other things because they weren't talked about. I never, I don't recall ever hearing the term mental health or mental illness. It just never came up. I, as I look back, I saw it all around me. I didn't know what it was, but I, but I saw, but we didn't talk about those things um, because that's not what you do, especially if you're a man. And I, and I should, I won't make a huge delineation between men and women, but you know, how are men raised in this country, in the United States? Uh, we're raised to be a strong, silent type. We're raised to not whine about stuff. We're we are raised to fix it yourself. You are raised to not share what's going on with you or you share your problems with someone else because it's impolite to do that. Wife, wife, force your problems on someone else. Uh, and for gosh sakes, especially if you're a man, don't ever talk about anything that has to do about feelings because what's that? That's a sign of weakness, you know, and all that, of course, is wrong. Every little bit of it is, is wrong, but it's how we're raised to do it. It's how we think we're supposed to take care of things. So I find myself in this in this intersection where, okay, I've been through my own journey and it's been a colorful one. Um, what can I take from that and try to help people either myself and, and help them help themselves or as the case may be, uh, if they need help beyond my help to get them into good, safe, sound hands that can help them along. Got it. So, uh, like, uh, how did your background in the broadcast media industry, uh, operating uh, radio stations and 
the talent coaching impact your journey and the recovery process from addiction and the mental health challenges? Well, it's the the media world is an interesting world. And um, it's another thing that I came into totally unplanned. Um, I, I found there's kind of two kinds of people in the world. There are people who are destination people who have have this thing called goals, which I've never really understood. Um, I'm I'm 62 years old. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up, but it's uh, but it's not like the experience at all has been. Uh, it's been amazing. I mean, I've been able to do amazing things and go amazing places and meet amazing people that I would have never dreamt of to do what I was doing. Um, but that world tends to be, uh, and certainly it was back, you know, a, 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 a while ago, but I guess it's just the, the same things happen with the same people, just they happen in different ways in different places now. But it, it's where you found highly creative people um, who, as I look back, um, not all of them, had the same situation as I did, but I think a lot of them did. And it was the things that made them extremely creative and successful on the air with personality, talents, ways of looking at the world, um, uh, senses of humor and, and things, the very things that made them uh, very original and authentic on the air made them a nightmare to try to manage because a lot of times as I look back, they were like me. They were trying to manage something in their in their brain that didn't make sense, and that uh, that we didn't have a terrible, uh, terribly large amount of self awareness about. Um, and as a person who was trying to manage people like that, and I hadn't figured out how to manage me yet, it led for very intense moments and the, and the higher up I got in my career and, and the and the higher the stakes in my, my career uh the more intense it got because it's just like there was more of everything there you know the 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 talent that was 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 talented was even more talented and there there things that made them uh uh interesting were even more intense and their reaction off the air and trying to managing them was even crazier you know, than, than, than it was elsewhere. So it was a very intense atmosphere. And as I look back, um, something also interesting happened because a lot of the people like myself and others is somewhere along the line, we are rewarded for being problem solvers. We can take a situation, take a look at it, take the pieces, run them through this machine here, and after they roll around the machine, out comes a solution or comes an answer or comes an analysis of something. Then you apply that and all of a sudden you find that you have solved a problem and you are greatly rewarded for that. You know, people who solve problems tend to be people who, you know, they get pats on the back, they get promotions, they get raises, they get all these other things because every, every place has problems and they're always looking for people to help solve those problems. Well, somewhere along the line, the either the changes in myself and or the changes in the atmosphere I was in or changes in the the what was at stake in the in the level I was working at uh, didn't allow for the fact that I could observe. I could take that data in and put it in the machine, 
but maybe the machine was working very well. It still kicked out an answer and the answer seemed like a good answer and you would apply it and then it wouldn't work. And you're going, well, what's, what's up with this? Cause usually I can do this. I can go in, I can observe a situation. I can analyze, I, I can do various things and I can kick out an answer. And all of a sudden I'm kicking out answers and applying them. And maybe they aren't working as well, or maybe the, maybe the problems are this or the situations are more complex. And suddenly every bit of your being becomes taxed. And what does that do to somebody who is susceptible to anxiety? You get, become more anxious. Or if you are doubting yourself about how come things aren't working as well as they were before, you start to lose confidence in yourself. Depression can come in. That could be a piece of that. You know, Depression and anxiety are both very complicated. And there's a lot of pieces that go to them. But these were some of the pieces that came into play. And then it was like, okay, well, things aren't working. What should I do to try to increase my performance? And that's where perspective uh, and, and your perception comes into play. Uh, and a lot of the choices I tried to improve the situation were actually the worst things I could have done. You know, uh, part of, you know, part of what I've learned over time is person personality, whether they be involved in, in mental illness or what or what have you we tend to be people who like to go fast we like to go fast we like to think fast we like to uh sometimes physically go fast um our brains go really fast uh you know what and why why do we like to go fast a we can or we think we can uh b sometimes it's a lot of fun <laughs> you know just sipping along uh sometimes it gets us into trouble and we long Online, maybe we haven't learned um, that just because we can doesn't mean we should. And what I found over time is that what I should have been doing was learning how to slow down and learning how to take things at a more measured pace. Think about things. Have a plan. Don't act uh, instantly out of impulse. Consider what's ahead of you. Take some time to analyze things. Don't try to do three things at once, you know. Multitasking, <laughs> I used to fancy myself a multitasker. And I always say there's, well, and, I, and I'm not, you know, what, what I can do is I can do three things at a time very poorly. That's what I can do. Um, but in my mind, you know, that was things, that, those are things I learned a lot later. And the world I was in, it was going, well, maybe the problem is, is that I'm not going fast enough. And so you would, try different substances of things that would make you go even faster. And all that did was magnify all the things that were wrong, that weren't working the way that maybe they had earlier in my life or weren't working the way that they probably should have been working. And that's where self-awareness comes in because my self-awareness about myself and about a lot of other things was just way out there. And I was never, people say, well, geez, you must have been just a jackass, you know, or, or doesn't make me No, I was never trying to be anything other than doing my job and doing it well. It was a matter of it's not going the way I want it to go. What's wrong and what can I do to fix it? And, oh, yeah, by the way, don't tell anybody else because that'll show a sign of weakness or you don't know what you're doing. So all of a sudden I isolate myself. I try to diagnose myself. I try to fix myself. 
uh, all the while in this extremely high test, high pressure atmosphere. And of course, it's going to lead now. I can look back and go, of course, I was leading for trouble. And uh, and indeed, I had trouble uh, with it. But it's there's so many different lessons that I've learned out of that. Um, and that's one of the things I try to do as a peer coach at, at Face It Together is to help people maybe with ideas and things that they can consider and think about that maybe I didn't have the luxury of having. That as I tried to figure out by myself, in fact, when I had my my real, you know, that, that moment where I did make the call and I did go in for 30-day inpatient treatment, and that wasn't the end of what was going on. That was just the beginning of finding out answers. Uh, the thing that really made the difference was I finally came to the point where I had tried to fix it myself, tried to think of everything in the world I can think of to to try and none of it worked and things just got worse. And it was that moment when I said, I cannot do this myself. I need the help of others to do this. I don't know what that help's going to look like. I don't know what form it's going to take, but I do know I cannot do it myself. And from that moment on is when I started to turn the corner and slowly get better. Oh, exactly. Great. So um, like looking ahead, what uh, do you envision for the future in terms of your advocacy coaching and the ongoing exploration of the mental health and the addiction intersections? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the more I do this, the more as as you, you discover that the problem is larger than you than you thought and more common than you thought. But there's also good news there. And. Like I said, there are people who have serious issues beyond what I can help with. However, the vast majority of people that come to see me and my colleagues at Face It Together, um, their their substance issues are real. The problems that they're causing in their life are real. However, they aren't that far off. And that's encouraging because if there's been a hole I think in the in the system, it's a lot of it has to do with um, having to wait so long to get any kind of help. You know, it's like, oh, we're so glad to see you. Thank you for coming in and, and seeing about your mental health. Doctor can see you for half an hour in two months. And it's like, you don't understand. The reason I'm here is because I finally came to the point where I can't do it anymore <laughs> and I need help right now. And so coaching allows us to see people within 24 to 48 hours and sometimes sooner, if uh, especially in a walk-in situation. We do coaching all over the country and, frankly, all over the world uh, using Zoom. Uh, most of my work actually is done, though, in person. And and uh, so we're based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I have an, have an office in Colorado Springs, but I've got clients in Alabama, Georgia, Montana, Texas had a young lady from the UK had a had a guy from uh, New Zealand so I mean they're, they they come from all over um and there's to almost to a person they've tried other things that just have not worked for them and there is great power I think in being one-on-one with somebody who has been down the road and who understands how you might be feeling uh, you might be the pressure that you might be under, uh, the frustration, the fear, anger, 
you know, all the things that all those various stages that go along with it. It's like, have you ever tried to do, to uh, describe depression, what it really, what depression feels like. And it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to come up with language. But when, when I run into somebody and they say, you know, how depression feels, all I got to go is, yeah. <laughs> or being or anybody that's been there. It's like, yeah, I get it. It's hard to describe and, and it's hard to define, but I, I know what it is. Uh, and that means a lot to people because they finally feel like they're being listened to. Uh, and they're fine. They, they, they know like they're being heard. Um, and I think too, that I can develop a relationship with, as a coach with people that may be quite different from relationships that are in the clinical world. Um, you know, it's okay for me to say, I care about you getting better because I know what it's like. I don't want anybody to have to go through what I had to go through again. And I want to help. And it matters to me that you get better. It matters to me that wherever we go here, that you get to be the person as close to the person that you want to be. And there's a real relationship there that extends at times well beyond the time that we're meeting formally. Um, and just having that thing. And I, and I think a lot of that does go back to this tradition of passing along or passing forward the things where somebody came to you uh, at a very, at a time when you needed somebody and, and, and you were able, and they were able to be there for you. And I, and I want to be able to, to do the right thing. I also like coaching. It's incredibly cost-effective. Um, not everybody needs to go to $35,000 addiction treatment. Some do, but not everybody does. Um, and someday I hope insurance companies will see that because insurance companies don't like to spend money in general. And this tends to be a very cost-effective way and can really help a lot of people fairly quickly uh, in a very cost-effective manner. The other thing that we do, and I'll just mention this quickly, is it's like, okay, what about the people who have these kinds of people in their lives who may be battling with you know that crossroads of addiction, problem use, mental health things? they're probably more, they, they want to help like crazy, but they're probably more confused than anyone about how do I help this person in my life? How do I help my spouse? How do I help my child? How do I help my brother or sister in, in doing this? And we have a program, which we call our loved ones program, which does that is helps the people who have these people in their lives, because not only is it confusing for the person who is actually in the middle of things and trying to figure them out, the people around them uh, are are often they also want to help uh, badly, and uh, but they don't know what to do. So we have coaches there that have been in that situation themselves too, and so uh, that's an area I think that we do that that is is starting to catch on. And there's, I mean, if they say one in ten people have an addiction problem of some kind, one in four have somebody in our lives that does that's a lot of people that's a whole lot of people who are looking for help that's lovely yeah great great so um as we draw the curtains of on um, this enlightening episode of unveiling the intersection and addiction mental health wellness and insights beyond the alley absent we extend our sincere appreciation to our remarkable guest to mr joe for sharing his profound journey uh, through the complex uh, of addiction mental health and the recovery 
So his unique insight into the interplay between mental health challenges and the addiction shed light on the intricate connections he navigated personally and as a peer coach, providing invaluable guidance to the individual seeking wellness. So uh, like the lessons and the insights Joe has gathered from his journey offer invaluable wisdom for the understanding of the complex interviewing of uh, addiction, mental health, health, wellness, and serving as a guide or, or I would say a guiding light for the others. So looking ahead, uh, Joe's uh, advocacy, coaching, and commitment to exploring the intersection of mental health, addiction, and continue to pave the way for those seeking their own transformative paths to the wellness. So I definitely uh, want to express heartfelt gratitude to Joe for sharing his deeply personal and the enlightening journey, shedding the light on the complex layers of uh, these issues, which is addiction, mental health, and uh, the road to recovery. So join us next time for more enriching discussions on healthy mind and healthy life. Until then, Embrace the wisdom shared today and continue uh, on your journey to a healthier and a fulfilling life. So this is your host, Avik, signing off, wishing you well on your path to the wellness and the transformation. So goodbye and thank you so much.